Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Join Jessica Smith on The Like a Girl podcast, where she defies odds, shares inspiring stories, and empowers women to embrace their inner leaders. Tune in for a transformative journey. So I got laid off and I had the little moment when HR and the leaders were in the room. And like I said, they were very accommodating with a severance package and coaching to help write a resume, all that good stuff I talked about. So, you know, I I really wasn't feeling too bad. I've been working for this company for only a month. And I just thought that was very generous. And again, I was just believing that there there must be a reason. Maybe a few days after I had gotten laid off, I got a phone call from my manager at the time. And she said, girl, we were in a leadership meeting and all of the top sales leaders were there and the HR VP told a story about a woman that was in the room when they were letting everybody know that they were being laid off. And she said, I knew as soon as she started saying that one of the women spoke up and said, hey, you know, do you mind if I say a few words? She said, I swear I knew that was you as soon as she said that. And she told the story of how you shared your thoughts. And she said that one of the executive leaders said, whoever that is, make sure the first opening we have back that we call her because that is a leader. And those are the leaders that we need at this company. So she shared that story with me and she said, so I just want to let you know you know, the way this thing works is they do layoffs, but things change every day. There's always people getting promoted, maybe people leaving the company. There's just so many moving parts that it's hard to predict. But whenever that opening happens, be waiting on the call. And Now, another reason why I love this manager so much is we were soul sisters and she loved the Lord like I love the Lord. So I said, wow, because 
I was already thinking to myself that there is just no way that everything it took for me to get into this company, there is no way that I'm going to get another chance. First of all, this is the automotive industry. I am not a car girl by far. I know nothing about this industry. So that in itself is is difficult because most of the time someone wants someone who's plug and play, right? Everybody has goals and when you have an open role, you want to do the least amount of work to get someone up to speed. So I didn't fit that mold. The other thing, probably more important than the automotive experience is that I didn't have a network. I knew one dude who introduced me to someone else. And at that time, the one dude that I did know, he had a little, I mean, he had power, but he wasn't, he's not the type of dude that's going to rattle the cage for you. Let's just put it that way. So I don't have a network. I don't have industry experience. Uh, I'm not going to get another shot at this. This was, this was it. And that's what I was thinking. And when she called and told me this story, she was like, look at God. She's like, you're going to get back in. It's just, it's just a matter of time. So I left that phone call just like, wow, okay. It gave me hope. And oftentimes that is, that's all I need. You know, when you talk about faith, the size of a mustard seed, so much of my life is just based upon that thought process right there. If I ever just see a little bit, just a little glimpse of light, That is all I need. So what I do is once I see that little glimpse of light, that little hope, I plant that little seed and then I go into my visualization process. So I remember just thinking about someone calling me and saying, hey, we have a spot open. I used to think about that phone call after I had that conversation with my manager at the time. I used to think about that phone call when I woke up. I used to think about that phone call when I went to sleep. And I also thought about the phone call and the next step. And I remember having this visual of me driving back to work in the parking garage to the detail level of the parking spot, which was right in front of the door of the building that I went in. It was the third spot from the door. That's how much detail that I visualized this whole thing with. I thought about what I was wearing. I thought about what my hair looked like. And this was something that I learned many, many years ago. And I I don't even, I can't even recall whether or not that it was 
taught, but I will tell you that the power of visualization is a real thing. And I have accomplished so many things by doing this. And I share it with people often. It's got to start somewhere, right? So call it whatever you want. You you can call it a dream. You can call it a vision. Wherever it is, you have to start with the end in mind. And you'll hear me say that a lot because that is how I reach all of my goals. That is how I took on my weight loss journey is I started with the end in mind. I imagine how it felt walking around and not being out of breath and being overweight most of my life was just how I lived life. I couldn't tell you how it felt not to walk around and not be uncomfortable. And I don't know how I would, it's like, how do you know you're uncomfortable if you don't know what comfortable is, right? I knew it didn't feel right. And I visualize how I wanted to feel, how I wanted to look. I visualize being able to shop in different places and have more options and outfits that I wanted to put together because I was in a size 22, 24. Yeah, I was. So visualization is a big part of my life and I visualize going back into that job and lo and behold, that day came sooner than later. And I was super thankful, but I believed. I I I I had the vision. I I, I had the 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 faith and I believed. And the crazy thing about it, I'll never forget, I swear that first day, and this is another way that I know that the power of visualization works, that I know that Uh, the Holy Spirit shows up. The day I went back to work, that parking spot that I visualized over and over and over again was the parking spot that I parked in when I walked in that door. Can't make this up. True story. And I remember telling someone when I walked in the door And, you know, most of the time when I tell people stuff like that, of course, they look at me like I'm crazy and then they get to know me and they're like, oh, okay, she is crazy. I am a special kind of crazy, but I visualized it and it happened and I was there and I was back and I started on the journey of I know what I have to do. The advice that I got, I believed that it was the right advice. And I knew that I had to do this thing where I had to build a network and build a brand. So when people talk about, well, what does that even mean? Now we know a network is, you know, you have to connect yourself with people and build relationships, but how do you build a brand? And I remember one of the kids that I mentored, I talk about this a Jewish kid from Indiana. And when him and I talked about this, I said, when you think about yourself, sometimes it could be, depending on where you're at in your journey, it could be what you are today, what your passions are, what you represent. 
But then sometimes the younger you are and you're in the beginning of your journey, you're like, I don't have a brand. Like I just, you know, barely moved out of my parents' house or maybe I'm still in my parents' house. So what I like to tell people is you really have to think about what you want to be when you grow up and not from the sense of like a career, but what do you want to be known for? What are you passionate about? What keeps you up at night? What are those things that really bother you that you want to solve for? And that's what you want your brand to be. And it can't be phony because phonies are phonies. It has to be real because you are feeding people what you want them to know and think about you, but you're going to have to show up one day. And if what you tell people you are isn't what you are, then you're going to be a fraud. Nobody wants to be a fraud. So I already knew what my brand was. And in my mind, I had already created a brand at Direct Buy. So it was going to evolve and it was going to be different. And I didn't know at the time exactly how it was going to really evolve in corporate America. But one thing is for sure. It never changed from when I was four and five years old. And when I talk about, you know, uh, taking my cousins and locking them in the room and, you know, the the means in which I, I, I taught, of course, were crazy. But at the end of the day, I just wanted to help. I wanted to teach. I wanted to share. I wanted people to just be better and impact. That was my passion. That is my passion. That is my brand. So I had to just figure out how to share that, create that, grow that in a corporate environment. And that's the journey that I started in the door. So how did I do that? Well, first and foremost, I just asked God to just lead me and to just open doors and and, and close doors and just put me in the places with the people that I needed to be in. And I swear it didn't matter who I was on that elevator with. You could be someone in the cafeteria. You could be the cleaning lady. You could be the... CFO, it didn't matter. You were going to know who I was. You were going to know what my plans were. And then I wanted to know how can I help? It was the same thing. It's the same thing today. I remember there was a contest. And the contest winners, there was this board and if you won, you got to pick something off of the board. And there were different things on the board, like a work from home day. That was when work from home wasn't really a thing. So that was a, a prize, work from home day. And I think that was probably the most popular prize that there was. And let me tell you what was the least popular prize. And this blew my mind. So one of the contests was 
to have lunch with a VP, SVP. I want to say that's what I can remember the roles of. They, they were executives. Have lunch, have coffee with executives. And when it was time for me to pick from the board when I won the contest, because of course that's what I was there to do. That's the only thing I knew to do was to just win and outperform the room in any way that I can, right? That's the direct by way. And I remember looking at the options of the things that you can win. And I'm like, why are these the only ones left? Because I was... Um, concerned that the only thing that was going to be left were things that I didn't want. So I was pleasantly surprised to see that when I finally won, that those were all there. And I'm like, why doesn't anybody? And the feedback that I got was, you know, no one wants to have coffee with so-and-so. No one wants to have lunch with so-and-so. And I'm like, what in the world is wrong with these people? So there was an opportunity. And listen, I don't know the details of how these executive leaders were viewed at the time by the group of employees, I was just thankful for the opportunity. So I remember the first one that I picked was a woman executive leader. And I was inspired. Now, I I have to admit, I did look around and I'm like, okay, I noticed that not only are there not a lot of women on this executive leadership team, but there is no one that looks like me. There is one woman that's Asian and the other woman was a white woman. And the woman that I had lunch with was a white woman, but I was in, I was inspired because she was a woman and listen, this is the automotive industry, right? So we know that either way women are the minorities, but more so than even this is only six and a half years ago, we've come a long way when it comes to women in executive leadership roles. I have to say that. Now, I don't know the history before me, but as far as women that look like me, whether they are black or Hispanic, I have not seen that yet. But, you know, for some people that is inspiring and that's what it is for me. I don't look at that and say, you know, that's sad. I just get fired up because like everybody wants to be the first. And in many rooms, I am the only one. 
And I want other people to know that we can. And, you know, the saying, if not me, then who? Right. So I, 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 I'm just inspired by it. And I started that journey really to build a network. And I just found these group of people, every executive leader that I would meet and then would introduce me to someone else, not because they just offered, by the way, but because I asked. So, you know, we we grew up, at least in my culture, with a saying, closed mouths, don't get fed. And I've learned over the years to ask. Ask. Worst thing someone's going to tell you is no, which if you're in sales, we hear that a lot, right? And we, we, and, and the another uh, direct by saying is it's not no, it's just not yet. And, and that's just how I take no. So I ask, based on what you have learned about me and what my goals are for the future, is there someone else that you think would be a good person for me to connect with that could help me along my journey or maybe someone who I can help? That's a big part of this, guys. I think people forget a lot we can't just ask for help all the time. That's okay to ask, but I try to be really intentional about not just asking for help, but asking how I can help because that's important to me. If I'm always just getting help and everyone's answer is always, which you, you'll, you'll get that a lot. Just, just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job and no, nothing I can think of. But if you ask it enough, there's always something you can do to help. Even if it's, maybe it's not directly, maybe it's indirectly, but you got to just keep asking. And more importantly than asking, you got to have a heart to want to help. Because again, otherwise you just asking the question makes you a phony. Nobody wants to be a phony. You want to genuinely have a heart to want to help because that's why we're all here to help one another. I'm going to ask for help and I'm always going to ask, how can I help? So I just found it to be, for me, easy to build a network. Part of that is because obviously I'm like, super extrovert and it's easy for me to just talk to anyone. But I think it made a difference that I was in an environment where other people either had a heart to help or God just gave me favor. And even those that maybe didn't want to help still found themselves helping me. So that that's kind of how I really started And that first role that I was in, I didn't stay there long. So I've shared a little bit of the story where my manager got to the point where 
she spoke up about what she felt wasn't right. And, you know, to this day, I won't, I won't get into all the details because to this day, it's still an unsolved mystery to me, but she ended up uh, filing some sort of uh, claim. And her claim was that I was discriminated against because the job had, it had been decided that I was the best person for the job. But because at that time, this particular part of the organization was, um, and and this is just me guessing, probably like 95% black, all of the leaders, all 100%, all the way up into the senior director was black, which is unheard of in the automotive industry in general. So, and, and this is just pure speculation is that this started with a leader really wanting to do the right thing and make a difference and make sure that we hired enough black people. That's that's my thought. And at some point, someone said, well, this may not be uh, the most diverse or inclusive environment when your leadership team is 100% black and your sales org is 90 some percent black, which I agree with. I, I had a leader um, in a, in a, in a ID and E conversation. He says to me, well, what if all of the people that applied for the job happened to be black and you hired all black people? Would that be okay with you? And I can tell by his tone that he thought I was going to say yes. And I said, absolutely not. It is not okay with me. It doesn't matter to me what it is. If it's all black, if it's all white, if it's all Indian, if it's all Asian, all of anything doesn't make sense to me. I believe in the power of of diversity. Let's forget about the fact that it's the right thing to do. We're not even going to go there. I know, and I know there is enough data and studies out there that shows it doesn't matter if it's sales or whatever your organization is. If you intentionally make sure that you have diversity, and let me be clear, diversity is not just different ethnicities, racial background, that's not, that's, that's not what it's about. Diversity is about anything that's different that makes a difference, okay? So it could be someone's educational background, not being traditional. It could be difference in experience. It could be, there's so many ways to look at diversity. It's not just about a race or a gender. Let me just put that out there. We already know the most diverse teams are the most successful teams. So the part that is so mind-boggling to me is that leadership doesn't understand that if you just do one thing, if you just do one thing, and that is be intentional about diversity on your team, you will be more successful. Now, either people don't believe what the data shows, maybe they don't know how to go. I, I, I don't know what it is, but 
all I know is that it's an issue that we need to solve for. But I'm going to get off my soapbox on that. So bottom line is that there was a case open on my behalf. And when my manager came to me and she said, um, I believe I'm being retaliated against. And I said, really? Uh, for what? And she said, because I spoke up about something that I witnessed that wasn't right. I said, okay, tell me more. She said, as a leadership team, we had made the decision that you were the person for that job. She said, my understanding was that they were going to extend an offer to you. I left, I went on vacation, I came back, and there, I'm just going to say the white guy, for lack of better reference, was in your seat. And I remember saying, what? I knew something, like, I I knew something wasn't right, I said, and I've been, like, trying to fish, trying to understand, and finally, I said, I... Honestly, I just let it go because I knew that it didn't make sense to me. I knew it didn't make sense. And she said, yeah, well. And she says she questioned it and spoke up and that was it. So I'm like, is this again, is this really happening, Lord? Like, what are we doing? I go through all this trouble. I've fight to get this job. We move across country. We're in this hardship. I finally (laughs) get in here. I'm trying to figure out who got my job. I'm making pennies. Month later, I get laid off. What is really going on? And now I'm having this conversation. What do I do? Where, Where do I go with this, right? So, I went to Mark and Paul, my old bosses from Direct Buy, my great friends and mentors. And I'm like, guys, like this corporate America thing, like I'm 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 just having like that moment. Like you you you're killing me, Smalls. Like what what is happening here? And they 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 coached me through it. They talked me through it. And they said, you know, here's 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 what we're gonna tell you. You can join this complaint case, whatever it is, and you can fight through that. But at the end of the day, right, you need a job. You're gonna need a job at some point. Is the goal that you win a million dollar lawsuit or, but more importantly, you have to ask yourself, given the fact that we're even in this conversation around diverse candidates and the 100% leadership black, given the fact that we're even in this conversation says that this business wants to do the right thing. Right. Like they they have these these goals because they want to do the right 
thing. So if you believe that you're in this situation because you work for this, you know, racist company that's not fair and they discriminate against you, that's one thing. But if you think you're in this situation because someone mishandled a policy that's in place because they want to do the right thing, then I'm going to suggest you walk away. And use this experience like you used all your other experiences to make a difference and help them continue their journey to do the right thing. And that's what I did. Thank you for tuning in to another insightful episode of Lead Like a Girl. We hope you found today's podcast valuable. If you enjoyed our podcast, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on your preferred platform. Your feedback is crucial in helping us continue to provide high quality content. If you found the content inspiring, we would like to encourage you to share this podcast with your network. Stay tuned for more inspiring stories and leadership insights on Lead Like a Girl. Until next time, lead with passion and purpose.